0: Error pining <laughs> till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. What is The Thrill of Hope. We just listened to that song. What does it mean? What did the writer intend it? How does it relate to the Christmas story? And what does it mean for you and me? The Thrill of Hope. We've listened to a song. We've read a Bible reading how do they come together now before I consider that question I'm going to do a little bit of a survey here just to sort of find out how you connect on days like today now, I'm, I'm wondering if, you're, if you've got a, a family tradition, if it's something that you normally do and hold on to every, every Christmas, if you like to mix it up and do something different every time Christmas comes, if it's the large family gathering, if you bring family and friends from everywhere, if it's just a small gathering. Um, do you do presents... Now, I'm going to ask you, you can put your hand up if you like. Do you do, do, you do presents on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Christmas Eve... Mm, three four christmas day ah it's the vast majority okay that's christmas day that's what happens um for most people here when you receive a christmas present do you just grab that gift paper and just rip it open or do you carefully unpeel the 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 sticky tape because you never know you may need that paper again so who just rips rips it open? There it is. Oh yes, and what about carefully? You never know. You may need the paper. Oh, look, these frugal people here. You get these you get these gift gifts, and they've got about ten different pieces of sticky tape on it that's been used for the last ten years. You know you've invested in the gift and not in the paper, isn't it? That's that's what it's all about. Um, what about? A real Christmas tree or a plastic one? Mmm. A real Christmas tree? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I think the other's going to go, I feel embarrassed to even do this because I'd love a real a, a, Just a fake tree? Yeah, yeah. Well, out of those who've got the fake tree, who would like to have a real Christmas tree? Yeah? And... And who would would like it to last until at least the end of January without all the pines falling off and just starting to smell and fall over and all of that? Yeah, some of us are just really practical people, aren't we? Okay. Thank you for that survey. We will consider all of those responses as we consider next Christmas. Christmas is all about about waiting, isn't it? I mean we've come to this moment, and for some of you you've been thinking about it now for a, a month or two or maybe more as you think about what you need to do, how it's going to happen, who's going to go to what place, and who we're going to invite, and what it's going to look like, waiting for the day to arrive, waiting for the for the children to arrive, or parents parents i 'm sure think about that, waiting for the Waiting for the family to arrive, we're waiting. Waiting for the family to leave, that may be another thing as well. Waiting, waiting for that. Waiting for craziness to pass. There's some of you who go, I can't wait until Boxing Day. (sighs) Some of us are waiting for that. And some people, you know, a lot of us waiting for the credit card statement. We'll be waiting for that, okay? When we think about waiting, though, we've got to think about it in the context of the passage we've just read in Luke 2. There'd been people who had been waiting for centuries, waiting for hundreds of years for the promise of a Messiah that would come and make everything right. And so these these people were waiting and waiting. They were waiting for someone who would would bring hope, a thrilling hope, someone who would bring healing, someone who would make everything right. Right. And here is the, the strangest thing is that for so many hundreds and hundreds of years waiting for this moment to arrive we read here in Luke chapter 2 suddenly it happens. Now let's reflect on these few verses again as Luke describes it and I'm, we'll put it up on the screen here so you can follow along as well. Andrew read it before but let's, let's reflect on it again. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now we know this story and for many of you, you've heard this story every Christmas for all of your life and you you can gloss over some of the things here because think about it, on the surface... This was just another ordinary day. The only thing that made it kind of extraordinary was the fact that there was a census. Now, I don't know about you. We have censuses and we have voting and we have elections and all that sort of thing. You probably wouldn't put a census day in the day of thrilling, would you? No? it's 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 not one of those moments where you go I can't wait for the census to I can't wait till election day I can't wait till we get because it's going to be so exciting no so this this is quite an ordinary day even though it's extraordinary in the fact that something was happening that hadn't happened before so think about it this is not thrilling a census a long trip on a donkey Going to a small and insignificant town. We think about Bethlehem and we think, oh, what this romantic, cute place or anything like this. It was just an outpost. If someone asked Mary to describe her trip on a donkey from Nazareth to Bethlehem, I'm sure she wouldn't say, that was thrilling. I'm sure she wouldn't say that, especially um, with birth impending. Arriving in a town and there was... No vacancy they, there was simply nowhere for them to go. This is not thrilling unless you 're after a, an incredible adventure. Sleeping with animals think about that for a moment now i don 't know if anybody if any of you you know slept alongside animals now we 're not talking about a cute puppy k okay? we 're not talking about that. We're, excuse the the, the detail here but we're talking about urinating animals sleeping alongside of them now just think about that for a moment don't dwell on it too much it may put you off your Christmas dinner but think about this it was anything but thrilling and the birth of a baby amongst these animal smells this baby placed in a feed trough looking at that anything but thrilling yet pull back pull back and take a macro view of this whole event that takes place here and it is one of the most incredible events that's ever taken place in the history of this earth God came to be amongst us is there anything that could be more thrilling than that Someone, please, tell me. No, God coming to be amongst us. But the weird thing about all of this is that it happens in the most ordinary and unthrilling of moments. Now, it's one of the things that I reflected on that and I go, isn't this so often like God? The statement I want to make is, the most thrilling things in life don't always look thrilling on the surface. The most thrilling things in life don't always look thrilling on the surface. I don't know whether you've thought about that because quite often we look for the spectacular. We look for things that have just come together and it's going to look good. It's going to be, it's going to be shiny. It's going to be life-transforming events. It's going to be lots of you know, hand-clapping and cheering and, and carrying on. And yet sometimes the most transforming events in our life can look very ordinary on the surface think about your life sometimes the most transforming event in your life could have simply been a conversation with someone else God could have spoken to you through a conversation with someone on an ordinary day in what appeared to be an ordinary moment It could have been just another day at work. It could have just been another day at home where suddenly God spoke. Something happened. Life turned around. It could have been an appointment at the doctor's office and it could have been a life-transforming moment at that time, good, bad or otherwise. I think one of the trouble is that so often we miss those moments those apparent ordinary moments where something thrilling takes place on the contrary a lot of the time I don't think we could handle a spectacular we say we want a spectacular moment I don't think we could handle it let's go on to the next part of this passage and have a look look what happens with the shepherds verse 8 and onwards there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby keeping watch over their flocks at night an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were happy. They were content. They were, what do we got? They were terrified. They, they couldn't handle the spectacular. They were scared to death. Now, did the angels scare them? I think it was more than that. It says the glory of the Lord showed up. God showed up and they were terrified. Now, let's think about this a moment. We're not talking about cute little shepherd boys that have just let go of their mummy's hand. These are probably tough farmers, it's probably the closest that we've got here in Australia, that are used to working at night, caring for their flock and warding off wild animals. Okay? Okay? think about shepherds they weren't meek and mild they were tough animal handlers and yet they were terrified because i don't think they could handle the spectacular but if we go on to verse 10 we read this the angel said to them what do not be afraid do not be afraid, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of David that's, that's Bethlehem, a Saviour has been born to you he is the Messiah the Lord in other words I have a solution for your fear and it's Christmas well I didn't use those words but As we sit here today, Christmas, that's essentially what we're referring to the coming of the Saviour. You don't need to be afraid, for God is here. And I think as we look at this here, look at this passage here, the angel announces two very important pieces of news. And the first one is this. He has arrived, and he is the Messiah, and he is Lord. Now, Messiah uh, is essentially that, that the, the promise of that someone who saves, someone who who lives, someone who has been promised, someone who can redeem us from our problems. Now, I think a lot of the time they were thinking about a kind of military figure, someone who would save and get rid of all of the enemies and set up an earthly kingdom. That's what a lot of them were thinking of. And so a saviour is one part of the news. The other part is, is Lord. And another way of, of looking at Lord here, he's saying, this is, it's not just a saviour figure. It's just not someone who's going to fight off the enemies. This is God. Himself, the creator, the author, the beginning and the end. Can you wrap your head around that? The one who pulled the whole universe together and keeps it spinning and in place was lying in a feed trough in Bethlehem incredible news. The thrill of hope. Just like the shepherds, this is why we don't need to be afraid. Through the incarnation of Jesus, we don't need fear. We don't need to be fearful of of judgment. We don't need to be fear of of His righteousness. We don't have to have fear of, of His justice. In this moment, God became approachable. Previous to that, it seemed impossible to be able to come near to God, except certain conditions were met. But here, in these very ordinary circumstances, in an ordinary town, with ordinary teenagers, that's all they were, Joseph and Mary, teenagers. Far from the power and influence of Jerusalem. You would have thought, if the Messiah and God was to arrive, he would arrive in Jerusalem, wouldn't he? Not Bethlehem the Saviour, here, lying in a feed trough. And I think we too miss God's activity. So often we look in the wrong places. The thing that I find encouraging about this story is the shepherds didn't miss it, did they? Let's read on in verse 15. When the angels had left the shepherds, and gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Now think about this for a moment. Bethlehem, a town of hundreds if not thousands of people gathered in that town that day at that moment. For them at that time that was just another ordinary day. I mean a census was going on but how thrillings a census we've already talked about that haven't we hundreds if not thousands of people in bethlehem that day going about their daily routine unaware that god is with them he is there in that town and most of them would have gone about their daily activities completely unaware Continuing on in this passage. So they hurried off this is the shepherds, and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been, had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds saw the baby. The shepherds spread the good news. God had arrived the shepherds didn't miss Christmas the shepherds told others and we read here that other people were amazed in Bethlehem in a stable who are the parents who's taking care of them what's going on these people found the thrilling hope of Christmas. But what about Mary? Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which was just as they had been told by the angels. Mary treasured what she experienced. Now once again, let's think about this. She had every reason to be overwhelmed in the moment. She's an, basically an unmarried mum. Think about the connotations for being an unmarried mum in a culture like that. She wasn't home, she was in a strange town. She had this makeshift accommodation that was very subpar. She could be very well overwhelmed by these circumstances yet she could see beyond them think about your year think about your year has there been spectacular moments and some of you go well yeah we've had you know this and that and there's been some great moments and all of this but I would imagine for most of us as you're you're thinking about your year you go it's probably been pretty ordinary really nothing much happened. You know, it's a, it's a bit like living in a little back town like Bethlehem, you know. We had a census, but, you know, that came and went. Nothing much happened there, so, <laughs> you know. Frankly, I've had a pretty ordinary year. Have you? Hmm. What do you think God does in the ordinary things? Well, I think we can see a lot in this year. Maybe your life has been inconvenient. Maybe your life has been challenging. Maybe it's just got, you know, really uncomfortable. Probably a bit uncomfortable like having a baby amongst farm animals. That uncomfortable? Mm, Who knows? But the question I'm asking here is, as you think about what's happened this year what's happening in to you in this particular season of your life are you easily tended to look back as like many of the Bethlehemites is that the right word to say Bethlehemites Who just think what what can happen in Bethlehem because so often we get caught up in our circumstances instead of taking a step beyond our circumstances and saying God what is it that you are doing in my life in my family, in my community, in my church. So often we focus on anger and and doubt and and fear. You know one of the other great parts of the Bible, it's right in the, you have got your Bible with you, right in the middle of the Bible is the greatest songbook ever written. It's called Psalms. You know what I like about Psalms? 150 songs in in Psalms. And for many of them, the Psalms are like this songbook where the writer starts and he starts angry and, and fearful and anxious. And you think, hang on, why would God allow someone to write about their anxiety and their, and their fear and their, their anger? And God doesn't seem to chastise them. They, he just lets them continue with their lament through so many of these songs within Psalms. And yet it seems as this writer is writing about his circumstances, it seems that at some point through that song he's able to step back and look beyond himself. And as he looks for God... Not so necessarily in the spectacular, but in the ordinary. He finds God. And in virtually every one of those songs, he finishes by praising God that God was there for him in those ordinary and unthrilling, appeared unthrilling, unspectacular moments. Probably not too different to you and I. We can miss the thrill of hope. Emmanuel, God with us. So no matter what season you are in, you can experience the thrill of hope as we recalibrate our lives to see beyond our current circumstances. Just as Mary was able to ponder these things in her heart because she was able to see beyond the feed trough, the stable, the dirt and the animals. Yet to do this to be able to see beyond that we need to know the God of hope we need to know that through the good news of hope the good news of Christmas happened so that Easter could happen and in a few months time we're going to be celebrating that because Christ came so that Christ would die so that we can experience hope as he made his sacrifice for us and defeated death so that we too can live in a new life so that we can experience that hope that forgiveness and that grace Many people have heard these news over and over and over again and some people have missed it. Do you know what, as I think about my year, one of the things that I just ponder in my heart is that for us as a a church, we've been walking alongside a number of folk and I don't want to embarrass anybody here this morning but maybe I will... Um, people who have been on this journey of discovering not wanting to miss uh, what God has for them and Sunday after Sunday and moment after moment we've just been doing the ordinary walking with people, encouraging people, praying for people and sometimes you don't see a lot happen. Let me tell you in the last few weeks we've seen a culmination of a lot of that happen and I'm once again without wanting to embarrass people only a few weeks ago, our, our dear friend... Next slide, please. Oh, look, there's Marilyn Waldron. She got baptised. <laughs> now, did embarrass you, didn't I? Yeah, I did. Sorry about that. Um, and, and suddenly, there's the fruit of just this daily wondering and stepping out and considering. But here's Marilyn pondered in her heart. Can I, am I putting words in your mouth? Yeah, I am. <laughs> what about the next one? Oh, there's Sam. How about Sam? And the journey that Sam was on. Pondered in his heart, considered what Christ has done for many years, faithfully attending church here. When it seemed that God would tap him on the shoulder and say, Your time is now, Sam. I want you to declare your faith in Christ. Who's next? Who have we got there? Oh, there's Crystal. Crystal. She's not with us today young crystal confessed her faith in Jesus Christ in front of everybody on that sunday and it was just a wonderful day who have we got next oh there's jordan jordan once again step by step moment by moment considering his his faith in Jesus Christ and last but not least there's there's jake oh yes wonderful story of a man who just about overnight suddenly realised his need of a saviour and just like, like Mary was ready to, to consider all beyond his own circumstances had some incredibly uh, challenging health situations but through that was able to see uh, God through that situation the question I ask is what does this, what does this mean for you as you consider your life As we've read this story about Jesus who came, God with us. It's not just a cute story. In fact, it's not really a cute story at all, is it? It's a a pretty grubby sort of story. But it's a story of hope. And a story that in the ordinary, God is doing some incredibly thrilling things. Can I just get you just to maybe close your eyes at this stage and just... Think about these things just like Mary did in her heart. That God, you would send your Son, yourself, in the flesh to live amongst us. We thank you for that incredible gift. We thank you for your incredible love that you just didn't leave it so you would be in heaven and we would be on earth. You came to live amongst us. And not just to provide an example, but to provide a way that you would come, you would die, you would defeat death so that we could have the forgiveness of sin. That, we could, that a way could be made so that we could live right with you. Our sins dealt with, our passage into your family because of your great love. I want to pray today, Heavenly Father, for anyone here today who hasn't considered that. Like the Bethlehemites who were just living in that town going about their normal activities and missed the fact that God had arrived I want to pray for anybody here today who you have never considered what this means and I want to pray Heavenly Father that you would speak speak to these people here today. Help them to know that you love them, that you came for them, for us, for all of us. You died on the cross for us, all of us. And you defeated death so that we have an invitation, an open invitation to accept the gift of Jesus Christ Emmanuel God with us as our Lord and Saviour speak to us this day may we not go ahead with the rest of this day and just gloss over what this day is all about Speak to us, deliver us, lead us. We pray this in Jesus' name.